Hi, everyone, and welcome into the Prep Ticket Podcast for October 27th, 2016. It's your source for recruiting and high school sports around the state of Texas. I'm Joe McCann, joined as always by Emmy Award winning producer, Ward Fasol. What have I done to myself? What's going on there? Yeah, we put a good show together. What's up, Joe? How are you? Good, man. Hey, congrats on the Lone Star Emmy for best half hour, weekly half hour sports show for Inside High School Sports, which airs in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Yes, we had a lot of people work on that show, and it's, it beat out the Cowboys, which is always a good thing. In uh, <laughs> any time you're competing with the Cowboys exactly. for the best half hour, you shit. could take them out. That's that's I can put that feather. It just in my validates cap. what we already knew, Ward, is that you and the team at Game Day, we know what we're doing. We're talking high school football and things around the state right. of Texas. So. Exactly, Joe, and you've been a big part of that as well. So. I Team appreciate effort. it. I appreciate it. It's nice getting some hardware in here. But we're going to take a break from uh, patting ourselves on the back a little bit uh, come here. Come on, talk, go a little bit <laughs> and longer. Ta- and talk uh, a little bit of recruiting. We're looking at some uh, games to watch around the state of Texas for Week 10. We're already in Week 10. We're hard to believe the I season's know, that close to being I know. It's right around the corner. It's kind of funny you brought up the show because one of the reasons that, that it was highly rated is because our little MVP bobblehead deal. And one of the guys that we gave an MVP bobblehead to, Jalen Rager of, of Wachahatchee, he actually, when we talked to him on air, he talked all about Oklahoma, how much he loved going to Oklahoma. Well, he's not going to Oklahoma, is he, Joe? No, there's been some big moving in the recru- recruiting from TCU over the last week or so, and so that's where we're kind of starting the show right. is with TCU and the job they've been doing, uh, especially in the Dallas-Fort Worth area with recruiting. Yeah, you mentioned Jalen Rieger, a guy – I know you've been a big fan of his. Like, every yes. game you go to, it seems like he shows out for you. Big-time playmaker. But uh, he uh, – like you said, he was a long-time commit to Oklahoma – but uh, flipped to TCU, said he wanted to stay closer to home. Uh, he's going to play with his teammate, uh, Kennedy Snell, who's also right. a TCU commit. And, uh, you know, that's a big get for the Frogs. And anytime you flip somebody from Oklahoma, one of your c- conference rivals, right. and you flip them to you, I mean, that was uh, – that was I never saw that coming. I didn't – I didn't even, see it coming in. The only, t- the only way I knew, uh, you know, I even thought about it for a split second is I shot a game a couple weeks ago, and uh, John Kitten's son Jordan was there with his little TCU shirt on and – the whole I got I get to my games ridiculously early, so the whole hour I was there, all he was doing was talking with Rager, this, that, and the other. But it's not like it, you know, Kitten is a walk on. He's not even getting that much playing time. But he, you know, put a bug in his ear. Kennedy's putting a bug in his ear. Maybe, maybe something flipped over there. And you know, Kennedy plays running back at TCU, but they're going to play him. Or excuse me, at at Washahassee, but they're going to play him at receiver as well. Might be interesting to see what kind of running backs they might be looking for in the Texas area too, because they they got another wide receiver commit as well. Omar Manning from uh, Lancaster. Right. Yeah, he's a national top 100, 200-ish guy. I mean, it, yep. I, I mean great very slot good, receiver. Yeah, very good receiver. He committed to TCU over the past week. He was uncommitted before that. So that's – I mean, those are three really good offensive weapons very they've good. gotten from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And that's, I'm not even counting Sean Robinson, the quarterback to go along with Sean, so. exactly. And he could fill in nicely. I mean, by all accounts, Kenny, Kenny Hill is not having the best of years over there at TCU as far as, as what they might have expected for him. Maybe Sean gets some action early on. I know they have some other guys he used to wait in line in, but it would be nice to see a nice little Texas uh, high school-based you know, skill positions on offense because they, they're bringing in a lot of guys. Yeah, see, that's the thing with Patterson. He really doesn't have to leave the state too much to fill no. out his team. He really doesn't have to leave the Dallas-Fort Worth area that much. I exactly. mean, he, as, if he can recruit in the state of Texas, you know, he's going to – keep a consistently good program we actually talked about this 
with regards to Houston before here on the show, Ward, right. you know, if they were able to join the Big 12, that they would become a recruiting powerhouse because Tom Herman would be in the Big 12 and he'd just be able to get kids from the Houston area. And now that's not happening, as we know. The Big 12 has decided not to expand. Right. But it happened a few years ago with TCU when people were debating, should we add TCU to the Big 12? And a lot of people thought people in the Big 12 wouldn't want to add TCU because they wouldn't want another Texas team in the Big 12 that could recruit in Texas. Right. And it's been to TCU's benefit that they've been in the Big 12. And now in a, instead of saying, hey, you know, you're in Texas, but, you know, we need you in the Mountain West, not that appealing. But right. now they're saying, oh, well, you're in the Big 12 now, so you're going to be playing against Oklahoma right. and, Texas and Texas and Baylor and Texas Tech, and you can stay close to your family and friends here in Dallas-Fort Worth. And Gary Patterson has done a great job with it, and he just keeps, you know, building a good, if not great, team every single year. So the the momentum he's gotten lately with, with getting – Rieger, Manning, already had Snell, already had Robinson, and he still has a few more months until signing day. Signing day is early February right. to see exactly how he can kind of how close out this out. class. Because, I mean, he still has plenty of spots available, and I'm sure there's a lot of guys he's still talking to. And if TCU consistently finishes ahead of Texas in the Big 12, yeah. uh, I mean, they're I mean they're going to keep getting guys like this. And they, they've, they've also grabbed an offensive lineman down from Alito and, and, and Wes Harris, and he's talking to his humongous – Side mate, uh, Chuck Falajo, uh, sorry, I have trouble pronouncing that when he came in from, from California, but, you know, TCU's on his Final Five list, and that guy's a 6'6", 330-pounder. You bring those kind of bookends over there, you know, no telling. And I'd like to see, to be honest with you, because you know they have, not to switch it to basketball, but I'd like to see how Jamie Dixon does in this area, because same as football, basketball all you have to do is recruit in texas to be competitive in the big 12 in, in my opinion it hasn't been done there that much they, they're getting you know three-star type players but they can go after five stars i know they went after marquise bolden or they can do that and with jamie dixon's pedigree yeah they uh and thing is in basketball you only need two or three exactly, players exactly. in every class as opposed to football where you got to get like you know 15 20 good players right but he's already gotten uh, rj nemhart from keller right right i mean he's a top 50 ish yep. kid depending Absolutely. on where you look at it so i mean that's the first step for him and i've there's somebody else i've He's gotten nationwide. I slipped my mind, but yeah. he already has one other commit for next year besides Nemhard. So, I, it's I, almost I, like Patterson saying, "Hey, here's my blueprint. Right. You give it a shot now. Here's the places I like to go in the area." And, and yeah, if you're right. If like say Jamie Dixon gets one, like top, like one of the top five players in the Dallas Fort Worth area every year, right. he's at least going to have some talent. Right, right. That absolutely that he'll keep building, and so I think Nemhard's the first, and what he hopes will be many uh, over there, through TCU there. basketball. So. TCU doing well in the Big 12, no surprise. Right. Uh, and I people mean, said that a lot about uh, Coach Morris down in SMU, but you know, SMU is still SMU. They're mm-hmm. gonna, ha- they're not going to be able to get the five-star players, but he's recruiting I-20 and bringing mm-hmm. some guys in there. They're flipping around. Hell, they beat Houston by, right. what, 20 points? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, and Chad Morris is going to keep building SMU. Right. And, you know, I know SMU fans may not want to hear this, but eventually I think Chad Morris will be scooped up right. by a Power 5 school. But as long as he, like you said, keeps just getting guys in the Dallas area right. and just going up and down I-20 and 75 and all that whole area over Grab there. Grab them athletes and just, bring them in. And yeah, he, he'll have a competitive team in the American Athletic Conference. Right. Yeah, and then you just kind of, like Herman has, you right. kind of build your legend there by dominating the small conference and then eventually the big schools will come calling i know herman gets sick and tired he even said uh 
you know, I'm, I'm sick and tired of addressing rumors because people throwing stuff right. out there assuming he's going to LSU or maybe he like, Texas is already talking to him. Again, just rumors, but it's got to drive him crazy. Yeah. But that's kind of what happens when you just win and dominate in, in a smaller conference and sneak into the BCS. And who knows, SM, or Chad Morris may get SMU to that point where he's – I said BCS, I meant college football playoff, you know, right, New right. Year Six. But, you. you know, you get in those bowl games, you build your legend. But Chad Morris doing a great job. But the greater point is you recruit Texas, recruit right. it well – you're going to win. So TCU uh, doing a great the job there. Hey, one other recruiting note from this past week, Ward, that uh, took us both by surprise. He's a kid we actually had on the podcast a few yep. weeks ago, Eno Benjamin. He's a running back over at Wiley East. He announced he was decommitting from Iowa. That came as a surprise to me. I didn't right. even know he was I, – I, I guess he had taken a few unofficial visits, right. and I guess that kind of where the relationship started to dissolve between right. him and the Iowa If he staff. wanted to dig – try to decrypt his his tweet where he said there's, there's underlying issues, but I don't want to go into that. I just want to thank Iowa for giving me an opportunity. You know, we, we mentioned before, Coach Ferentz, he, he may not like the – a verbal commit going out and, and looking at and taking all his visits, which me and you have stated many times, I have no problem with people taking their visits, seeing other yeah. schools. It's, there's no issue there. But the, the way some of the Iowa fan base has reacted to that, it's really – it's gotten under my skin. It's one of the main things I, I dislike about Twitter. I'm right. so much too like about it because I get a lot of my information there. But the way they attacked this poor kid on Twitter, I, I mean – I retweeted one where a kid said he wanted. I hope you tear both your ACLs. Yeah. Called him all sorts of names. He's seventeen, man. Let him make a decision. It's ridiculous, dude. This is four years of his life. Yeah. It, that really got under my skin because me and you know him. He's a great kid. Anytime I've interacted with him, nothing but respectful. And then to have that kind of stuff happen, it, it really bugs me. Yeah, it, it bothers me too. And I, I've said before, every fan base has its idiots. Right. You know, every single one, and uh, they all show their. Twitter muscles, right? And they, you know they hide behind an egg icon and say things like that to a kid like like Eno, and and you see that with any time a kid commits or decommits, the Twitter trolls, the worst fan base in the world, they come after these kids. And I don't know what a, a full grown adult gets out of telling a kid, "I hope you get injured, or we don't right. need you." I think that's just so. I don't even childish does it justice to right. say it's childish. It's just so idiotic. Right. And, you know, to say that to a kid, what do you think he's going to say? Oh, well, maybe I made a bad decision and I should Yeah, come back I would to love this. to go to Iowa now. Yeah, and now I want to come back Such to you friendly people, people for cursing me down. Remember when uh, Tate Martell and Bishop Gorman came here and beat Cedar Hill? You know, he had a big negative impression of people from Texas because right. when he com- decommitted from Texas A&M, the worst, the, the worst of the A&M fan base came after him. Again, every fan base has its idiots. No matter who you cheer for, you your fan base has idiots in it as well. Right. But yeah, some of the can... worst of that AM fan base came after him when he decommitted from AM. But you know, that's another situation. I don't blame the kid. The reason he decommitted is because the offensive coordinator left. Right. Right. And so, and that's, he decommitted from Washington before that. Right. And he de- decommitted from them when, uh, uh, the the coach went to USC, Sarkeesian. Right, right. So so he ha- he's had his reasons right. each time he's decommitted. I mean, these aren't whim decisions. Right. I mean, when you, when you verbally commit to a school like Iowa, you're doing it because you're passionate about the school. This is where you want to play. Something happens to make you want to decommit, right. and it's it's not. Just like, oh, uh-huh, I guess I flip a coin this morning. I'm going to leave. See you all later. I, I need some attention, so I'm digging in. Exactly. They don't do that. I mean, there's a reason. They say, well, I, something's changed. And, uh, and 
he's entitled to change as long as it is a verbal commitment. It's non-binding. He's right. free to look around and talk to other schools and, you know, coaches read it, reach out on Twitter or whatever, and that's kind of the way it works. You say, Absolutely. You, know, if, if, you know, if you're leaning anyway, why don't you come take a visit? Come see what right. you got. So we'll see where Eno lands. I mean, he's an All-American. He's yes. going to land somewhere that's going to be very – it's not like he's going to be without a college exactly. next year. He's going to be land somewhere that's going to be very lucky to have him. So A lot of people were thinking maybe Nebraska, but we'll yeah. see where that goes. Yeah, he I think be, uh, he took an unofficial to Arizona State, I think. Right. And so, I mean, that's on the table there. Todd Graham's a really good recruiter. And who knows who could get in on him late. Gary right. Patterson could get him too. You never know. <laughs> I mean, he's right there. He, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he doesn't need to get on a plane to go see Eno. He could do that on Friday night and then coach TCU on Saturday exactly. morning. So I don't know, uh, you know, where he's going to end up. You know, something Eno said a few weeks ago too that I wanted to pick your brain about about the uh, early signing period they're proposing for football. Right. You know, that's not official yet, but they have talked about possibly doing an early sign. Like basketball has an early signing period that's going to start. That starts in November. So kids who commit early sign early. Right. And then there's the spring signing period, whereas football has one signing day. It's in February. They're t- proposing an early signing period, I don't know, like September or something sometime. I, I get the feeling that a lot of uh, kids may not be down for that because they're going to be pressured yeah, to exactly. sign early. I don't like this idea at all. Yeah. I mean, it's. Eno, what what Eno said was, uh, if they do this, you can say goodbye to commits verbaling early because they're going to be pressured. Yeah, to sign. absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And they end up being, uh, their verbal is now has a signature next to it, and it becomes not verbal, and you're all of a sudden trapped in a school that you may end up, you know, having issues with. I mean, and one thing it it lets colleges kind of set in with who they have coming in or whatever, but. With football, there's no, I just, there's no reason for this early signing period. I just don't think. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I've always a, a letter of intent, especially when it comes to like star commits, like five stars, all Americans, things right. like that. It's more about the college than the kid, right? right? It's the college locking them in, saying you can't go anywhere. Then right. it really doesn't give the kid any security at all, exactly. Because even if a kid signs a letter of intent, a college can release him from it, right? And right. say, you know what? We've changed our mind. They have no power in the whole situation. It's really not much, not not much security there. Right. And uh, especially with football, I, I think an early signing period is unappealing to students because what if your coach gets fired or your coach right. leaves? See, that's the good thing now about the signing period for football beginning in February because by then all the all coaching, coaching hires they're, they're settled. And either the coach has already been fired or they've if the coach leaves on his own. They've already hired somebody else. So when you sign, you know who you're signing with. There's never a really, unless there's some kind of scandal, there's never a college football coaching change in March or May, right? right? So you're after you sign, you're not going to be locked in right. uh, to, to a coach you didn't commit to. So I think, I per, and me personally, I think one signing day is plenty right. for football. <laughs> it's, no a, it's, it's, a, it's a big thing, right. and fans get all about it. I, I don't. I don't personally. I'm not that big on the celebration around signing day. I know fans get excited right, about it. Right. To me, it's 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 a lot of coverage for not much reward. Not a whole lot of like casual fans pay even pay that much attention right, to it. Exactly. It's just the recruiting nuts that that really really like it. And it's a big day for the kids. So you know that that from that perspective, I'm cool with it. Kids have your day, have your celebration, right. your things with your families and your things at your school. I'm not not sure we need two signing days because mostly I don't think it's about the kids. Right. I don't. I think it's about the colleges wanting to lock the kids in early so they can't go anywhere. Excellent. You know, I've heard before that a couple college coaches don't want it, and it's coaches who end up getting guys late. Urban Meyer, Nick Saban. Uh, I don't think Les Miles was in favor of it. These right. are guys who make late surges in recruiting, right? Because right. I think Sneak they they still want. Because I I would bet a school like Iowa, 
you know, they would have loved to have made Eno sign early, right. right? And so then he couldn't get out of it. Well, as it is now, it's just a verbal commitment, and he's free to go he anywhere. He can do whatever he wants. So, yeah, I, I'm personally not in favor of an early signing period Neither for football. I. And I, 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 a lot of star players, I caution them about, especially in basketball, I caution them about signing a letter of intent at all. Right. Like if, if you're a kid who could literally go anywhere you want, if you're an All-American – They'll wait on you, right? And they'll make room There'll for you. There'll always be a spot. Yeah, so that's my period. That's my opinion on the uh, national signing period. Hey, one other note I saw it was on Texas High School Football uh, this week, uh, TexasHighSchoolFootball.com. Uh, it's not really Texas High School Football news, but it kind of is. Right. Uh, ESPN and Geico is sponsoring some high school football bowl games at the Star. It's going to happen. So it's going to happen up there up in Frisco. Frisco. But interesting enough. Uh, at least as of now, Texas teams are not participating. Not a single team from Texas. That's yeah, it's going to be state champions. But yet Utah is. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of random, the, the states they chose. It's state champions from Georgia, Florida, Arizona, and Utah. I guess some people think we need some kind of national championship games yeah. for high school football. Me personally – I don't need I don't it. Think it's necessary. I, I think a state championship's enough right. for me. You know, and then if publications or newspapers want to crown a national champion just by right, writing, you know, Do by writing, mythical thing, you'd be fine. That's good. I'm good with that too. I've just personally not been opinion that we need these games we play because you're playing games like on around Christmas, right. close to New Year's, after kids have played 15, 16 regular season games. They're all games. beat up, and, and how so, am I going to choose a title winner just because a team from Florida played in Utah? <laughs> and they're two weeks away, some of them, from enrolling in college because a, right. a lot of the top players, especially quarterbacks, are graduating – tend to graduate in December so they can get to spring football. Right. And so and those like, Army games are right around the corner, too. It's yeah, like yeah, almost the like it's football games, all year right? long, all of a sudden. Yeah, I, you know, but I guess some people are excited about it. it. I'll be interested to see what teams actually end up showing up. I mean, I just kind of looked at some of the national rankings on Max Preps and USA Today. You know, if, if things hold the form, which they don't always do, you're probably looking at Grayson, which is a, a, a power in the greater Atlanta area. That's okay. where Robert Kimdichie came okay. out of, the okay. defensive lineman. Uh, if you're looking at Florida, it's probably going to be St. Thomas Aquinas, who you know the Bosa brothers came out of there. Right. Michael Irvin is from there. If you want to go way back, okay. I mean Aquinas has produced a lot of really good players over the years. Or American Heritage, uh, which is uh, coached they're coached by uh, Mike Rumpf, who played for the okay. University of yeah, Miami. He's a cornerback. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, those are two highly ranked teams. The interesting thing about Florida, if you're bringing a state champion from Florida, it says state champions, but. IMG Academy would not be a state champion, right. but they would probably be the highest-ranked team to come out of Florida. Yeah. You know, they don't compete for. They're going to play here. Yeah, they have yellow tape over the doors. <laughs> yeah, to check, yeah. The know. Texas high school football. There's an embargo. The Texas high school right. football coaches would love people it. picking it but, up front. Uh, I'd be curious to see how they do that. If, like, say, IMG Academy says we want in, like, why don't you take us instead of the Florida state champions or right. whatever? So I'll be interested to see if they play. You know, Arizona. I could list the schools that might be there, but I don't know how many teams from you know fans from Texas would be all that interested in seeing right. them play. But right. I, what I found interesting about it is that they're having it in Texas, but no Texas teams are going to play. Right. Uh, why does it have to be specific states? Is that, I mean, if you're going to do this, why don't you take the who you feel the top four teams? Why can't we see a Bishop Gorman it, it, come through? Yeah, that, I, I guess the thing is, it depends on the uh, governing bodies and the individual uh, okay. states whether they're going to allow the teams to play. Right. Uh, and the UIL is not allowing Texas teams to compete in that's this. That's probably right. So that's uh, that's why there's no Texas teams as of yet. I think ESPN is trying to beg and plead the UIL to change their mind on that. Right. And we'll see if we that will happens. See. Um, and then. It, like I think Nevada wants in too, just to get Gorman out here. And right. who knows? By the time we get to December twenty third, there may be a third game added if 
they can get Nevada and get a Texas team in and then mix it up. We'll see who they match up with. The one game we will not see is Gorman and Aquinas since they played already. Because yeah. Aquinas, Aquinas played Gorman better than anyone else this year. They lost in three overtimes. Oh, really? Yeah, so that was the closest. They said they weren't going to play again if they <laughs> – well, I just don't think they would do a rematch is no. what I'm saying. I, I think they'd do something different and have them play Grayson. Have them play a Utah team. Whatever. So. And that's it. If you really, really love <laughs> high school football. i got to stop Utah teams. I'm sorry about the, that. There, is, there are two Utah teams ranked nationally for what right. it's worth. Bingham, Bingham and Salt Lake City East are both nationally okay. ranked in the top 25. So. Right, I should keep my mouth shut then. Yeah. Who, you know, we talk too much trash, and, you know, we <laughs> – uh, Texas teams lost to two Nevada teams yeah, exactly. this year. So, so what are we talking about? But if you really like high school football, that'll be at the uh, that'll be at the Star in December. Right. If, if you got nothing going on two days before yeah, if Christmas, your families come in, just take them to see an Arizona team play a Georgia team. But how do we get fun. back to talking uh, some Texas high school football now? Maybe some games to watch as we are in week ten. Week ten. Two weeks to go in the regular season. Playoff races kind of sh- starting to take shape. Yep. Getting ideas of who's going to be in the playoffs, who's not. Uh, Ward maybe. Throw me a game. What's a you game know, there's really a there's a to? there's a lot of games I'm looking forward to that have playoff implications, but there's way too many to talk about. Right. And we'll get more into that next week. But but actually, for a district title, Alito, who we all know has won five of the last seven state titles, they're eight zero and they're doing what they do. But they're playing a Justin Northwest team who is also eight and zero, and this is this is a Bill Poe coach team that uh, that that likes to sling it around. They got Prince. They got Prince Mavula. Out there, he's thrown for two thousand over two thousand yards, twenty four touchdowns. He com- combines with uh, Gavin Holmes, and they're a deadly combination in the air. And they've found a way to be eight and zero. Granted, they haven't played the greatest of teams, but they played. But they played who's in front of them. This will just decide whether they have the juice or not, because they're taking on an Alito team that's got. We already talked about the two mammoth offensive linemen, uh, Wes Harris, who's definitely going to TCU. Uh, Chuck Falego, who I'm never going to be able to pronounce his last name. If you listen to this, Big Chuck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't say mess up a punter's name. I mess up the six six three thirty five guy. So if he listens, he'll probably rough me up a little bit. But and then they have Dylan Davis, who's thrown twenty seven touchdowns already. They that is going to be a great game, at least for a half. And then maybe Alito might step on step on the gas because at least Justin Northwest gets this game at home. Mm-hmm. It, their crowd's already very vocal on Twitter about how they're going to show that they belong. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But I'm looking forward to two eight no teams this late in the season going off against each other. Yeah, anytime you get two unbeaten this late, I mean that's essentially for the district title, right? I mean, absolutely. You know, barring a major upset, it is definitely for the district. I mean, I, I guess the winner is guaranteed a share, right? And then you know, barring a major upset right. in week eleven, it's going to be for right. the district title. So, all right, one game I'm looking forward to in the Houston area. Uh, Seeing if uh, someone can take down a dominant team, a power down there. Uh, Bel Air is taking on Lamar. Now, Lamar has won 48 consecutive district games. They're in 18-6A right. right now. 48 consecutive district games. Bel Air actually gave them the quote-unquote closest game last right. year, but it was still a 21-point win for Lamar. But uh, Bel Air's been hot. They've won five of their last six. Right. And so they're 4-0 in district play. Again, that's another situation where the winner – Guaranteed a share of the district title, and barring a major upset in the last week, will probably win the district outright. Uh, if you're going to look at Belair, uh, sorry, Bel Air, the quarterback is the playmaker, Darian Manning, about 1,400 yards passing on the year. But I would look for a uh, heavy dose of Tajon Henry, their running back, averaging about better than eight yards a carry. For Lamar, but so I kind of lean towards the powerhouse, win in doubt, and so. But again, if if Bel Air can knock them off that would be a monumental win to end a 48 game district right. winning streak but it's going to happen uh, that's where it's going to happen 
It'll be a big, it'll be a good game, but I, I think Lamar probably favored in that and one. And I like these games late in the season too. It gets uh, win or lose, both teams are in the playoffs. They don't know what a playoff type game is early, you know, not early, but earlier than the playoffs start. So that'll be good. Another good one in San Antonio uh, in District Twenty Six Five A. It's Alamo Heights against Bernie Champion. They're they're both seven and one, but uh, Bernie Champion hasn't lost a district game. They're five and zero, oh, and they've beaten Drip. They beat Dripping Springs, who's Usually a power down there. They beat them by five points, but Heights has lost to them just last week by 10. Uh, even though they put up 54 points, they still ended up losing uh, losing that game. Uh, it should be an interesting quarterback battle. You know, the, the the Mules have Will Chaney tossing around. He's over 2,000 yards. And then the Chargers have Davis Brin, who's also over 2,000. They're very similar statistic, right. statistically. Yeah. And the winner will – I mean, we say they're going to get at least a share, but – all, basically, they both play Dripping Springs, which could be the only other loss in that district. So the winner of this one is going to take that title. Yeah, especially if it's Bernie Champion, because Champion right. is unbeaten in the district. Heights has that one loss to Dripping Springs. So there, it could, if uh, Heights pulls this off, conceivably would have a three-way tie there right. uh, with one loss, just assuming everything holds the right. form in Week 11. But but Champion could win it outright with a win this week. Right. I find it interesting that the quarterbacks have such... Uh, such similar numbers. <laughs> such They're both pretty good. I mean, maybe they run the same style of offense. Who knows? Yeah, so we'll see how, see how that one goes. Again, there are a lot of games around the state to look forward to this week. No, no, one more I don't mean to cut you off. And one more that I'm very interested in is up here in the DFW area, Euless Trinity. Mm-hmm. They made the playoffs 18 straight years. They're on the verge of not making the playoffs, which nobody in their right mind would have ever thought. They they play up at Flower Mound. Now, if they lose to Flower Mound, coupled with two two other teams winning that are supposed to win, they're out. They're out of the playoffs in week nine. And that's – wow. you would never expect that. And they really need to get their act together <laughs> to get this thing done because they're not. it's not like they're playing at home. Not that playing at home means anything to them since they lost to Byron Nelson at home. But right. – they're playing at Flower Mound. Flower Mound's hungry for a playoff spot as well. So it's, it's they're going to be in two must-win situations this week and next week when they play Marcus. That would be that would be wild to think of a uh, Texas high school football playoffs without Euless Trinity. Exactly, especially when they were state ranked right three weeks ago. <laughs> they were they were a top ten team, and now they're on the verge. Another team on the verge of maybe not making the playoffs is Wachahatchee, who started off six and zero. Oh. They're still six and two, having a good season, but they're in the the. But they call it the District of Doom down there with Lancaster, Mansfield Legacy who's playing well, Mansfield Timberview's playing well, and, and Mansfield Lakeridge. So a ton of Mansfield teams playing well. And they've stumbled and lost two in a row. If they lose their next two, which they're playing Lancaster this Friday, and they play Lakeridge on the following Friday. They lose those two, they're out, or they could wind up in a Whataburger flipping coins again like they did last year. And nobody wants <laughs> to do see that Don't do that to nonsense. Coach Kidna, man. Exactly. Don't do that to Coach All right, so a lot of games to look forward to. So I, it's hard to break down all the playoff races because right. so, there's so many moving parts. But as we get to it next week, then we can kind of say, all right, well, this needs to happen for this to happen, and these teams get in, and these teams go Division One, and these teams go Division Two, Right. And then we'll break it all down and look forward to seeing how the playoffs are going to shake out. So uh, a lot to look forward to. Best time of the year. The, the weather cools down. Hey, you got any good Halloween costumes going? Oh, I got a lot of sweet ones. I'm not letting you know about it. <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> Trick or treat safely. You know what would there. make a, a maybe you saw something about this on Twitter, but you know, I think you actually mentioned it on Twitter. A great Halloween costume would be the crying Jordan face, since it's so <laughs> popular on Twitter. Somebody makes that mask anywhere and. Any Halloween costume that I'm a judge at, that's the one that wins. Yeah, and you can like dress up as like any other character, right? And then just put a just put that crying, on top, like, of like Captain America, and it only crying Jordan works too. for this year because after that it's played out, and then yeah. everybody would start. I'm sure booing. you can find a Michael Jordan mask somewhere, and then just put some tears on. Put it. tears on it, have them all depressed. <laughs> that would be the perfect. All right, so yeah, look for crying Jordan costumes at your local high school football <laughs> there you games. Go. 
uh, this uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Hey, we always welcome your feedback. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, rate and review us on there. You can follow us on Twitter at Prep Ticket, and I'm Joe McCann three. And you can I'm also at the Wizard. Follow Wizzy at the Wizard. You can follow an Emmy Award winning producer if you, you want. Really to. want to do that? There's <laughs> something that you need to do. Put that on your bucket list. Uh, we always appreciate you listening, guys. Thanks for listening to us here on Prep Ticket. We'll see you next time. <laughs>